welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. Come and join us as we embark on a fun and educational journey talking to experts and advocates on subjects that are often taboo. So go and get the kettle on, settle in for a chat and hopefully a lot of laughter along the way. This week, we are looking at estrogen implants as a hormone replacement in menopause. We are joined by not one, but two wonderful guests, Kat Jewett and Victoria Hardy. If you are on Instagram, you may know them as Menopause PT and Ginge Unhinged. They will be telling us all about estrogen implants and sharing their own implant experiences. In the book collective, we are reading Mother's Moon, chapter five of this month's book club book 12 months 12 months 12 moons it is 12 months but it's also 12 moons by caro giles um find out how we got on with our wi this week uh, lou has a wonderful foodie yes, don't don't pass out with shock gird your loins lou has cooked us a wonderful soup for our foodie collective and uh, also lou it's all about the lou this week um she has a wonderful quote for us. Lou, we've had some lovely comments. Oh, Bayek, we have. We've had another vote for the book that Naomi recommended last week, which was On Our Best Behavior by Elise Lohan. Lonan. Lonan, I think. Yeah, Lonan. Um, Christine HK DM'd us saying, Another vote for the book mentioned on your podcast today. I've just started it, and there is a brilliant chapter on tension between mothers and daughters, too. Mm, sounds interesting, oh, getting doesn't riveting. it? Yeah. Um, Kat Menopause PT, our lovely guest today, she enjoyed last week's episode saying, You two always make me smile. I will be listening. What a great subject to teach. Education really is foundational to change. It is. And Neil enjoyed it too uh, messaging saying great guest in dr charlotte it made me think it's such an exciting time to be young and female as it's at last becoming okay or more accepting to express ourselves in art science and comedy and using these terms properly and getting them to be normal as they should be p.s he says this he's, he's divulging now p.s i've never said it out loud before go on neil what is it but i thought it was always volvo for years not vulva mind yeah. you and also one he's being vulnerable there he's been very vulnerable and also we because we had a lovely message from um claire now hang on i've got to find so claire um as in from last not last week's claire. podcast podcast before but for two weeks on the, on the youtube because yes. i put on the wrong youtube she said and you can tell your big bro Neil, I bloody love him too. Dr. Zoe of Manchester Menopause Hive commented, this sounds like such a great addition to the curriculum. The wonderful Whitworth Art Gallery is letting a whole bunch of creatives loose on Wednesday for Menopause Day and host regular creative sessions throughout the year. I love watching people discover and rediscover their creativity as part of menopause. Yeah. Got to be busy with our hands, haven't Definitely. we? We do. And um, our friend and guest from the previous week, Claire Bauhammer, um, commented too, saying she loves Dr. Charlotte's Insta account. Lots of great information, especially while helping to raise awareness of lichen sclerosis and vulva cancer and the importance of anatomy and using the correct words. And great to hear about the teaching of the female body through art. It's so important. Surprisingly, not enough training is given to women's health. So thank you for what you're doing. 
Rachel, not your usual menopause, told us what a wonderful episode and how incredible is Dr. Charlotte Patton. I think the art module for medical students should be compulsory or at least something along those lines because it is through art that we most effectively express ourselves. And the more our doctors understand us, the greater their empathy will be. Agreed. And Rachel also adds that she agrees with you on the pumpkin front. Me. She agrees with me. She agrees with you, Lou. On the pumpkin front saying, it's sickening to see acres and acres of food growing land um, given over to something that will end up uneaten and in the bin. At least roast the seeds and eat those. She adds, my biggest bugbear about the whole Halloween thing, though, is that it's an American commercialised import. When I was a child, we only celebrated it if we had an American families on detachment to our RAF base. Otherwise... It passed unnoticed. Well, mm. I am completely with you, Yes, Rachel. yes, you stand together on that. United. Um, and we had a lovely comment from one of the artists artists that Dr. Charlotte spoke about, about last week, um, Holly Haywood. And she told us, thank you so much for producing this podcast. So much intelligent and imaginative thought, all tied in beautifully with a statement from the Royal College of Obs and Gynae and Women's Health Organization Partners. It feels great to be part of this positive discussion with Charlotte Patton regarding stigma and women's health. Having worked previously in education where my main drive was to use art in cross-curriculum subjects as a powerful aid for learning. I am totally on board with this. What a lovely Lovely. comment. Thank you, Holly. And finally, Amir Amar. You always. Nikki from Amar Luxury Fragrance. Thank you, Nikki. Love you lots. And I bloody love your candles as well she commented listened to this episode on my holiday last night thank you for sharing jinty and i agree so important for us to read the ocd uk website and understand properly how's your week been lou well i've had it well, it's been all right but i've definitely i can say hand on my heart i've definitely been affected by the new moon this week i think we both have all the cock-ups we, we've been we, making today. i can't even begin to tell you the cock-ups we've had today anyway anything specific happened, oh. so you know you posted that panda on the instagram this week that oh. there's a little panda that was just going slowly round a pole yeah just, I mean, it, it, it like got up and then thought oh, oh do you know what i can't, can't be asked <laughs> And that was my mood that day. Yeah, well, that's been my mood for the last week. Um, so I there think was a lot of people agreed with us as yeah. well, didn't they? Well, there was eclipse, wasn't there? I think it was early hours of Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I yes, believe. we had a lovely comment, didn't we, from our lovely um, Jenny, the lovely Jenny Harkman, the astrologer, that's who correct. said it was to do with the moon. Wasn't she did. It? So I, I mean, I really do think I was affected because obviously you put you put your crystals out, don't you, for a new moon and like the eclipse to get them all re-energized. Oh, do you? Yes, you do. I, I was confused when you said put your crystals out. No, I you haven't got your, any crystals to put no, out. No, I don't as well. But I think because leading up to like Saturday. She's doing things with her hands. I am. Yeah. I, was, I was the panda on the pole. Okay, but I sleep by the m- window. I always have the window ajar a slightly unless party patricia over the road is having a bit of a party so i always oh, do you ever pop over to party patricia's house no but i party. think i need to <laughs> I think you should. but i think i didn't put myself outside to re-energize myself but i think the moon caught me 
between the blinds and I got re-energized oh. because bugger me on Saturday, Sunday, I cleaned the house from top to bottom. And you didn't sleep very well either, no, did you? No, Everything in the last couple of days, if it's moved, I've cleaned it. Or if funny, hasn't mo- it? it hasn't moved, a skirting boards. I mean, who cleans skirting boards? Skirting boards, gents. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can't, I can't believe. No, that's the, that's the last for me time. every five years or something. Well, yeah, exactly. and it's not as if the moonlight was coming in because it was a new moon, not a full moon. No. So that there was no moon to see. I think those the, you know those vibes, that energy came came through yeah. me through my slightly opened. Yeah. Um, blind, but oh, you're crystallized. You must be some must, sort of crystallized have, Lou. I, it's probably because I needed a wee. I probably, I probably crystallized, <laughs> crystallized pants. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Well, and also we, I had did a lovely thing on on Sunday. I just wanted to share. Well, I was going to share it with you, Jins, but everyone might as well listen to it. Yeah, while you're um, there, while I'm here, if you're still there, <laughs> I managed to get my mother-in-law is eighty-six, and I managed to get her wedding dress, which is sixty-three years old, out from under our cupboard in us under our stairs. She was holding on to it. She didn't want to give it up. She want, it, I thought you were going to say she was Miss Havisham. She had it on. <laughs> no, she, she didn't, didn't want to take it off. And it was in a crumbling cardboard box. Managed to. Aww. I got it. I, picked it up and like because her wedding photos were beautiful it was a three-quarter length very early 60s dress nipped in at the waist lots of netting underneath you know, that, that beautiful scallops very neckline. fashionable now isn't exactly it? And, I, and I have a daughter that's getting married next year so I picked it up and anyway, the dress was yellow you know and that oh, yellow stain because yeah. it had just been put in a box anyway manky Lou. manky it was proper <laughs> manky proper manky wedding dress so I, I said I asked my mum who you know my mum is the queen of clean I mean yeah. she, she should have her own tiktok she should she was yes yeah. she should I mean she was a dinner lady then she was a cleaner for years you know if you had a dodgy naff naff top in the 80s that you got your t- chicken tikka down she could clean that off and it'd be as white as a sheet again you know yeah. that was just she's good so me and her actually it was a really nice bit of bonding we cleaned my mother-in-law's wedding dress in the bath yesterday in my bath I'm cleaning it and scrubbing it and anyway it's I've had to cut the netting out but it's come up a tree and I, I didn't do a before photo but I I have got an after photo so um sent it to daughter number one and she's quite keen to wear it oh so actually an original 60s yeah, dress I mean and I think yeah, so it was, very, it was a nice thing to do. Now I'm all re-energized on zero sleep. Um, what can I clean next? Exactly. Yeah. Just give me, give me a cloth in my hand. But I think I just haven't been able to watch the news this week because it's been so horrific. So I think for me, it's just been, yeah, I've just been cleaning, yeah. really. Sometimes we've got to concentrate on on the here and now where we are haven't yeah, we? That, but what a lovely generational thing to do yeah. it involves your mum your mother-in-law your daughters yeah and my How sister fantastic. just stood there behind me and my mum watching telling us we missed you? a bit <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> i think thanks, my mum was going to put my sister in the bath at one stage <laughs> with the bicarb of soda and the vanish spray <laughs> anyway how's your week been yeah, well, I've definitely felt the moon and I oh, didn't really think weird? about it until Jenny put that on and I thought, yes, okay, I definitely feel it. I met up on Saturday, which was the new moon, I met up with my school friends 
Um, um, one was missing, but there was four of us all together. And we, 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 we're getting, getting, get, we don't go out very much in the no, evening anymore. A we do a bunch, day. Though. Yeah. We've been friends since we were 11. Um, we're now, so the oldest of us was 55 this week. So 44 years we've been friends. Um, and we decided to get the train, um, just 15 minutes up the road to Topsham Ooh, from Topsham. here. Yep. Topsham. Um, oh, cause we don't really do evenings anymore. No. We like a day out. We're going to be owned by six. Yeah. So we thought we'd do a nice little walk and a pub lunch um but anyway we got talking on the train lou um about about two of them right this is how life changes isn't it about two of them are really stiff necks um and the occasional bad back um anyway it turned into quite an in-depth conversation about one of one of the friends having an orthopedic pillow <laughs> um and just as i was thinking for fuck's sake looking out the window how times have changed um we sat there at the platform for a while and i was thinking oh for fuck's sake this is you know gone are the days of jaeger bombs and squash um thank god actually um and um the train started moving and one of the friends said oh wait a minute weren't we supposed to get off there (laughs) (laughs) so such such an interesting conversation about orthopedic pillows we forgot our stop where'd you get off we had to get off at new court the next one did you walk back down or get a bus no we we got the train back we sat on the platform for a little bit and talked a bit more about orthopedic but yeah i was all over the place all over the place on saturday but it's great to have old friends isn't it oh yeah they know you so well Mm, yeah um and the other thing i found i was looking through um the news um on my laptop on sunday and i came across this um story in the metro lou about a black sailor in the very early 1800s called william brown um he worked aboard the hms queen charlotte which is a warship used by the royal british navy across europe william was said to possess a smart well-formed figure and boasted considerable strength and great activity newspaper reports claimed he was also known for deftly scaling the ship's rigging and steering the vessel through shallow waters so he was quite a say quite a good sailor mm-hmm. um, but the 26 year old's life at sea was brought to an abrupt end when the young man's true identity was revealed in 1815 william brown it emerged was actually a black woman whoa mm. She had made use of an elaborate disguise to hide her sex from her superiors and fellow sailors. Um, and it is thought that a quarrel with her husband had led the young woman to the decision to enlist in the Navy. Um, apparently, she was thought to have um, served with them for about 10 years. She must have been married very young because that would be what well, they did, well, I they suppose, did. didn't they? They did, yes. Yeah. Um, and Brown's fellow sailors said, were said to be none the wiser about her true gender as she would routinely guzzle grog with the greatest gaiety alongside the men. Kel surprised that a woman woman could do as much as a man. Yeah, I know. Um, Dr. Joe Stanley, who's an expert in maritime history, said, what is exciting about William Brown and the detail we do have on her? If she exists, so do 50, 60, 70 other black women who may have made the same attempts oh, so good. basically finding one story means she wasn't on her own she what no she wasn't it's interesting yeah, isn't it very good, very good for interesting you, william or wilma. Wil- wilma yeah we'll call her wilma wilma today is a very special one as we have two menopause warriors with us 
Victoria Hardy, who you may know as Ginger Unhinged, and Kat Jewett, aka Menopause PT. We spoke to Victoria on the podcast last year about her surgical menopause at 33 and the book she was writing at the time. It is also um, a conversationalist of Taboo, a menopause advocate online and mentor who is shouting loud for millennials so they can truly own their individual menopause. Kat is a menopause coach, personal trainer, and champion of women's health. She's a military wife and a mum of three children. Kat went into early menopause, but was told by her GP that she was too young. Familiar story. Her anxiety and mental health declined so badly that she contacted her husband, who was at the time deployed, and he was flown off his ship. She says if he hadn't come home that day, she would not be here. The, that the day that nearly took Kat's life was in 2021 and she has been fighting for survival ever since. Kat has spent thousands of pounds foregoing family holidays so that her mental health does not plummet again. They've joined us today to tell us about estrogen implants, which they both have, 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 had, have both had to battle with to get both Kat and Ginge have tried other methods of hormone replacement, but it has failed. Estrogen implants are not licensed on the NHS and difficult to get, but Victoria maintains that they are the answer for her. And the Sandwell and the Westminster Hospital lists estrogen implants as effective in relieving menopause symptoms in women who only respond to higher doses of HRT or in those who have had a surgical menopause because the implants achieve higher levels of hormone in the circulation. Welcome Kat and Victoria. According to the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, estrogen implants are small crystalline slow release pellets containing 100% body identical hormones. And until you both started talking about them on social media, I'd not, neither no, of us have heard of them, no have we? we? Um, so can you tell us more about them and why they work for you when other HRT has failed? So Victoria, can we start with you? Yeah, sure. So um, I tried every form of HRT um, and I was on eight, eight pumps of gel, tablets, patches, um, and it wasn't having the right effect. So some of it was having a negative effect on me. Um, patches gave me horrific migraines so much. It was like stroke symptoms, for example, oh, but it wasn't giving me anything. And, and I've tried all different dosages. Um, and then, of course, beginning of last year, um, 2022, this conversation about an implant that I'd never heard of before uh, came up. And it's really working for me. It's um, a consistent-ish, not fully, because sometimes it, it rises and then and can, can drop off towards the end of my six months quite suddenly. Um, but it feeds the body consistently by just kind of dripping in exactly what is needed and has been super effective for me in surgical menopause. So, and how long, so you had that in 22, how long was the space between your surgical menopause and finding estrogen implants? Too, uh, long. I my, too long. I had my uh, hysterectomy in 2017 and then, yeah, didn't get my first implant until September 22. Five whole years. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. I remember crying in the car going five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's too, it is too long. Um, And what about you, Kat? Can you remember the question? (laughs) um, Very different. So the majority of ladies that I've come across that have implants are surgical menopause where I'm not. 
So, um, so my body composition is very different to a typical female. You guys have obviously seen my photos on Instagram. So I'm, I'm very muscular, like, and lean. So, but that's as a direct result of me trying to save myself when nobody would listen. So when nobody would listen, I turned to exercise, weight training and nutrition and really cleaned up my diet. And it's like my body thrives on it. And that's my thing. But because of that, I hold very little fat under the skin. So when you're using transdermal estrogen, um, there's no fat there for it to sit in. So um, estrogen, it's dependent on cardiac output as well. So I have a huge cardiac output because I, not huge, but much higher than normal because I train so much. So I was using big amounts of estrogen um, and then my body would pull from, so gels just weren't working and it would pull from patches, but then dump. So I would put like 200 patches on and it would pull and then the next like by that evening I was all right and then the next day it was my husband would describe as nearly bipolar I was like two complete wow. different people and hormonal stability is what's really important for health and we just couldn't get me stable at all I get migraines so I can't take um oral estrogen and because I've got a higher need for estrogen then I would need higher than normal doses orally which would then give us more of a risk of um a clot or a stroke mm -hmm. so that's how I ended up with the implants but I have um estrogen and testosterone but it works for me because so they're, they're like little Tic Tacs. If you've seen Victoria's just put our videos on, they look like little Tic Tacs. So um, your body builds a capillary network around them, which is why they take a little while to start to work once you have them. And then it's, it's bioavailable and your body can pull whatever it needs. So it gives me that constant supply. So if you think if I've got like, big outputs because of my training it's just my body gets what it needs and it's pretty amazing how that works then isn't it so it, it literally kind of when you need it it gives you it so I guess very much like when we had like when your ovaries were working your body made you what you needed so it's, it's, it's really clever it isn't is it really clever and, and is it invasive having it done as well sorry before I ask that question can I just say just back along uh Kat said 200 patches I don't think she was putting on 200 patches. You get patches in a hundred like milligrams, <laughs> like whatever it is. Couldn't so probably, probably, patch. <laughs> probably two patches. I just want to put, cause somebody out there is probably thinking, Oh my God, that must have taken her all day. <laughs> I used to have two 100 patches yes. and top up with gels every day. And I used wow. to put God knows how many like squirts of gel. And I've got quite big thighs. I've got all of this surface area to put this gel on. So how does anybody else manage it? Like if you had like a smaller frame, how yeah. do you manage with big amounts of gel? Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's very sticky. Is it, is it invasive as well? I mean, do you have to take them out? Do they do they fade out or, you know, do they disintegrate? How, how does it all work? And I think somebody's had it on their bottom, haven't they? Yeah, so we have it differently, don't ah, we? Right, yeah. let's find okay. out. Let's go for cat first. Yeah, so they can either go in your stomach or they can go, so I have mine in the, the bit, the only bit that you can like actually get, because they need to go into fat tissue. So I don't have the fat on my stomach. Like there's not oh. enough fat for the pellets to sit in. So I end up with them in my glutes. But because of that, I've ended up with infections. I ended up with antibiotics the first time. I had a bit of an infection, which my lovely medic husband fixed us when we were on holiday the last time, but it's still worth it just to get the implants, so. And I do have enough fat on my diet. <laughs> <laughs> in my guntal area. 
Um, and yeah, so I have it just to the right side of my, almost where my laparoscopy uh, scars were. So I'm adding to the map of scars oh. now that I'm third time in. And um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not really, I mean, you have to, you know, they make a small incision, you have a local anesthetic. Um, mine is done by a little crisscross um, opening to get the nice um, tubular thing in, which is quite a few inches long um, that goes right in. The first time I had it, it was, and actually Friday was really in and out, quick as they shout sort of thing. The second time I had a, a junior doctor doing it and it was a mission to get to get into that fact. So it, it's, yeah, it's not the nicest thing to have done. You have a stitch and I, I'm still a little bit sore um, today. But um, it is worth it, you know. It's um, it's yeah. so worth it to and, know that I'm going to feel better for that six months. And do they just disperse then into the body? Do they uh, so you don't have to have it taken out again? That and you can just have the next one put in. And do you have it put in in the same sort of area, obviously, because it's just gone, hasn't it? In that yeah. Area? So I do. I have it in the same area, and I um, think that's actually to do with what Kat said around that 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 part of the body is already forming. Um, those sort of, I suppose, the receptors are used to going there oh, okay. um, because my um, menopause specialist was, I said, can you not do it on the other side? Like, you know, I was thinking, yeah. let's, you know, play dot to dot with the scars. Even, even the scars out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just get like two extra belly buttons going in. Um, and uh, she was like, oh, no, no, we definitely like to do it on, on one side where we can. They alternate mine. So I've oh, had do the they? Oh, oh. They? You so. see? So individual, aren't we? And so are the um, doctors and the specialists that we see. They've all got their own sort of ways of doing things. Um, I've got here from um, what the hospital, actually your hospital um, have, have said, Kat, that implants are usually given every six to eight months, but not more frequently. Um, does that sound about right for both of you or is it more of an individual thing? So they'll not give them any more than... So it's a little bit like... I would say, you know, when we talk about HRT and we talk about transdermal and everybody's got different needs and everybody absorbs differently. But do you absorb these differently? So my needs and Victoria's needs will be completely different based on our build and our activity levels and everything else. But NHS, it's they start on a 50 milligram of estrogen. They can give you up to 75 mil, but that's it. They'll not go any higher. They'll not give them more frequently than four months. So... Uh, I dropped off a cliff after about, was it must have been about six weeks last time. And then I had to try and hobble along. And by the time I, I got to these ones in August, I was really struggling. Like mm. my kids saw it, my, my clients saw it. And I was at the point of, if I'd been employed, I would have been off sick. But obviously I couldn't go off sick because I'm not employed. I'm self-employed mm. because I couldn't hold down my job because of the menopause. Um but this time they're holding a bit better, but I'm still expecting, I'm not expecting to hit. So my next one's 14th of December, definitely middle of December, but I don't think I'll get to that point and still have estrogen in my system. But it's it's mega important for, but you know, for bone health and obviously we're both younger. So we need that level. We need about 300 in our systems just to have that protection until at least the natural age of menopause. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you've just had your, so you had yours about six weeks ago and you've just, so again, it says here, you usually have a blood test is required every six, six to 12 months anyway, to monitor the hormone levels, but you have a blood test. You had just had a blood test to see how your levels work at, weren't they? And are you holding 
that estrogen a bit better this time yeah holding it better this time I don't expect to get to Christmas but and they're they're like a stair-step process that's how the consultants describe them so each one you have should then last a little bit longer so you can eventually get to your six 12 months I mean six months would be the dream at the moment for me just to have that constant stability but yeah I think one of your questions was um do they just they just disintegrate but then the other issue is if you so I my I have estrogen and testosterone but my testosterone's too high but once they're in they can't be took out so mm. I just have to wait until I come back down into the normal female range and the testosterone implant they give you could do they um can they change that does it have to be a certain amount so when they give it to you in the first place they always give you double testosterone estrogen so I have 50 oh. milligrams of estrogen 100 milligrams of testosterone but I think where I'll by the time I get to December I don't think my testosterone will be low enough for them to then give us it again so hopefully it should sort of yeah level out a bit I, I would imagine they'll only give us estrogen next time while my testosterone continues to come down because I'm way out of the female range what what does the how does that affect you Kat do you think the high testosterone does that to, at the moment I'm really tired and I shouldn't be because my estrogen's really well like at a good level so I'm sitting about 700 at the moment but it's that homeostasis isn't it my body wants to be like where it normally sits and this is like much much higher it's just a little bit higher it's a lot higher so I think it's fighting to try and pull it back down mm. or oh, that's my take on it so we, we what's it on the big downsides we presume it's the cost and inconvenience any others so I guess it's um rejection that can reject your part oh okay Typically, testosterone's the one that'll will come out. So they'll when the so Victoria's just said it's quite it's like a silver straw, isn't it? That they put yeah. them with, um, and they put the testosterone in last because that's typically if your body's going to reject one, it'll reject your testosterone pellet and it'll push it back out. I just, and it just comes out that where they put it in. Does yeah, it? it makes it its way out. Victoria, actually, we put that cost, but you found, I didn't know until you put that on, that you actually get yours on the NHS now. This is the postcode lottery that we're living in, but you not at your local hospital, Victoria. Right. So, so my menopause specialist was connected to my surgery and in um, early, well, January last year, I she was like, obviously talking about these implants and I was like, this is amazing. So like, I, I was like, this is, you know, and she was like, I have no doubt this is going to work. I do it on lots of surgical menopause women, you know, they're in your situation. Brilliant. Um, and I just thought, great, I'm going to go in next week and have it done. Um, and then I realized, oh, okay, that's not the case. My local two, well, the, the local NHS trusts that are around my area would would not do it, refused to do it. I couldn't get an answer as to why. I was asking, is it cost? Is it training? Is it risk? You know, obviously I was trying to find out all of these things. Nope, 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 just wouldn't tell me. Um, and then I decided that I was going to go and have it done privately, um, which was a huge cost to have. Um, it was nearly £800 per time. And then I was waiting and they couldn't get hold of the implant. They could only get it in huge boxes, which meant that they wanted me to pay for the boxes because I was kind of one of the only women that were going to this private clinic to have it done. So I thought, right, we'll sack that off. And um, I had to wait. I waited nine months to to be uh, seen for my first one. And by that point, I was horrifically on the floor. Mm. Um, my estrogen levels were um, down below 20 um 
so and for surgical menopause they need to be kind of really in an average age range well it's different for everyone but well above 500 put it that way um and uh, yeah so I waited and waited but once I was on that NHS uh, list I, I traveled then um to a different county hospital and saw the same menopause specialist um, and then, of course, then I went back into the system of not being able to get my six monthly one because I fell into doctor strikes and then they booked me for months in advance. But that's when I, I sent a PALS complaint, kicked a bit of ass. And um, and now they're very sure to make sure that I'm and actually I was I was a little bit early this time uh, below six months. Um, so it, we'll, we'll get into a, a rhythm. But like what Kat said, the I definitely feel better that by this third one, I wasn't so on the floor as I was before. So I'm definitely seeing that increase and my hormone levels are staying a lot more steady as I go along. Brilliant. And because that's so important and for anyone listening that I don't know whether we've said how old you both are, but neither of you are yet at the natural age of menopause. And so you both need more estrogen than Lou or I will need in our HRT because it's so important it's vital for your future health your health now yeah. but also your your future health it's, it's it's more important isn't it I've paid for my first ones and I probably had about the similar weight as Victoria so my referral was requested last November and I got into Chelsea Westminster for, for my first implants there in August this year Oh, good. And and I presume that was, yeah, I presume that was private, but it's still a weight though, isn't it? And it's a weight and it's, and it's also, as you said um, to us before in in another message, it's the cost of getting there for one thing, the cost of the fact that you usually have to take someone with you, um, you're self-employed. So it's the cost of that whole, um, not having any clients, a whole day's work, probably the same for you Victoria as well you've got to give up a whole day you've got families and Mm -hmm. and so it's just it it is just you know completely bonkers that we have to you know have this bit of a charade of running around the country but grateful that you can that you can get it and not have to pay thousands and do you think it will be sustainable for you both as well to carry on yeah it's it's made so same as Victoria it's made such a massive difference just even just just being on an even keel you know like my husband my kids know who they're going to get the next day it's not like <laughs> I'm completely like off the planet again so but um what so I was doing a bit of reading before this but the first implants were used in 1930s did you know that no and, first and they in, have been, been around for years yeah yeah first in clinical practice first estrogen was used in 1949 well do you know what I I don't know why we are always so surprised when you get these statistics that actually they haven't been giving them out to women or they haven't been researched properly. And it, it, it's the same old story, isn't it? And you have the contraceptive as an implant. I mean, that's quite easy to get, isn't it? And that's hormones. And so how are you both now? So, so we've kind of, you're both obviously quite well. I, am, no, I feel, I feel really good. Um, I think there's always is that, I don't know how Kat feels, but I get that little bit like, Oh, I'm just going to get that little bit of extra buzz back. Um, and it's, uh, you know, that first one, I remember just thinking, please let this be a game changer because I felt like I had so much to give. There was so much in something. And I just felt like for the the 
previous five years before that with everything and, and my situation was similar to Kat you know I, I didn't want to be here anymore so to go from that to now and think okay yeah now I, I've got that energy I've got that kind of being able to put all the building blocks back in place to to kind of live the life that I've wanted to live you know and the reason that I went into the surgery in the first place was to have a bloody yeah. good life um yeah so yeah, I'm I'm feeling very optimistic, and um, as long as I can keep that going, then uh, you know it's all good for me. Do you do you sort of feel you've got your life back, Victoria? Like you've got Victoria back? You feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I think I've got a new Victoria. Um, so I think she's a little bit more fierce than she was before, yeah. uh, which is which is always good, um, and that definitely comes with menopause. But. Um, yeah, there's still work to do. I'm still, you know, working on getting in the gym. I'm not quite where that is, <laughs> but um, you know, slowly, slowly. And I do, I still have those those up and down days with my mental health, um, which I always talk very openly about. But we all do. There's lots going on, you know, and it's nice now to determine is that not the hormone? You know, is that something else going on in life, or is that the hormones? Whereas before, it was just such a mess. Mm. How about you, Kat? If you do feel you've got, you know, Kat, your life back. You... Yeah, I do. I, um, um, and it's that I am waiting for it to kind of drop off a cliff. And when it does, it it's quite sudden. I, I don't know whether you're, you feel the same. So it, it's like, yeah. it, it's, I would imagine it's like, um, you know, like withdrawal if you're an addict. It's you literally drop off a cliff. So I am expecting that, but know what to expect this time because obviously I've I've been through it before, and knowing when my next implants are. Where last time I didn't know when I was going to have yeah. them again. So at least I know. Okay, December. It's fourteenth of December. By the time Christmas comes round, I'll be well. I'll be like buzzing again and great with the kids. So, but I think it it's the things that you've that you've lost along the way. Sometimes take a so at the moment my my youngest is. He's nine and I feel like I'm not as close to him as I am to the other two or he's not as close to me because I couldn't do all the things I should have been doing when he was younger because I was going through this. Does that make any sense? So I think yeah. mm. things like that that I'm trying to work through and now that I feel well, I want to see if I can. It's not that I need to rebuild a relationship, but it's I really do understand that like that's why he's not as close to me as he is to his dad because his dad picked up all those things that I couldn't do. So it's, I guess yeah. these are the things that you have to also sit and kind of take some time when you're well to work through. So yeah, yeah. and that's what he. It. It's, it's a mum, like I'm a mum. Yeah. So no, and I'm, you always have that mum guilt as well, though, Kat, yeah. don't we? You know, even Where, without that, out that equation, you've got the mum guilt. Let alone when you had everything else you were dealing with as well. And, and you think about it, and it's like if you were listened to at that point, like we would have a better relationship. Not that we've got a rubbish relationship. No. It's not quite as close as the other two because they were obviously older, so understood a bit more where I really should have been there for him like a million percent and my husband was picking stuff up because I couldn't do it. Yeah, so so I'm in a good place. They see that I'm in a good place. The implants work. And I guess, and even knowing that Victoria's had a third one and they last longer, that just, it's just, it, it's positive, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's what I want to hear because I'm like following in like Victoria's footsteps. So my third one's by the turn of the year and then they should be lasting longer and then you just get that stable. And why shouldn't we just be stable all the time, be able to function and just have normal lives? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's great to have each other though online and, you know, it's great to sort of talk to each other because, and, and as, as you say, because, you know, most, most people do that in menopause, don't they? But only having 
very few of you on these implants it's very hard otherwise isn't it you might feel very lonely yeah it's it's I think it's really good to find people I mean the the menopause community is great anyway as as we know online and we all support each other but I think when you do find people that are experiencing almost the same you know although our our types of menopause are different you know and we can learn off each other it's it's so helpful and I could listen to cat talk all day on my voice (laughs) well ginge so congratulations on this beautiful beautiful journal so um you must be a bit busy and and you know how's it been since the launch it looks like you're always busy and out and well I'm not that busy just for perspective I'm just the first coldest day today isn't it and I'm wearing a hat inside my own house so you know we're not in the wishes yeah um no it has been busy it's um it's a lot harder than than people think to to do this self-publishing malarkey um it's it's constant it's you know you're trying to get the message out there to share and um to you know without being sort of sounding like you're I know I can swear on here, so like a sales wanker. You know, you want to help people. Yeah. Also, say they can't spend 24 hours on DMs, and this is why I wrote the book to help. So, yeah. um, but it's it's been fun. I've had some amazing events and um supporting my you know local community as well. And yeah, going and talking about it at retreats and and doing the other stuff that I do. So and the feedback has been phenomenal. And and that's I think that's that's the most joyous thing is when you just get somebody in your DM just saying, oh my God, I feel so seen or like, I, relate, I relate to this so much or I'm doing this bit and they're sharing pages on pictures and they're filling out and yeah, it's great. It is, it is a fantastic book and an ideal Christmas present. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's being, people are buying it across the world, which blows my mind. Amazing. Yeah, yeah wow. it is it is good. And it's like it's for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's, it is a journal, so it's for you. To, it's got lots of in, full of information, poetry and all sorts, but it's also it's got a lot got of loads in it. Of, it's got a lot of ginger in it, but it's got lots of spaces all for you to for you yeah. to fill in um yeah. and keep your journal, write your diary. So if you have trouble with that, Lou can never keep a food diary or anything like that. But Thank if you much. if you've got this journal, it'll make life a lot a lot what? easier. Delish. I love the smell yeah. of it. You're always <laughs> smelling books. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um cat congratulations because uh, we hear that you graduate soon and become a certified nutritionist. Um and we know you already just you go the extra mile to support your uh, your your and coach through people through menopause. So, is nutrition something you particularly want to help people with? Is that something your clients were asking for, is it, or is it more of an interest of yours? It's um, so. If you think so, my clients will come to us either struggling with well, typically struggling with their menopause symptoms. Um, I have a lot of surgical menopause, so whether that's endo, whether it's um, adenomyosis, uh, breast cancer survivors. So they'll come, they'll have no energy, they'll they know that they need to be doing some exercise, they know they're probably not eating great. Um, but as a PT, you have very little actual nutrition training. So you can give somebody a rough idea of what they should be eating and cover the follow the government guidelines, but it's it's not great and it's not ideal, and it's certainly not to the level I want to give as a service to my client so um yeah I studied a level five diploma in advanced nutrition science in a year part-time while running my business and managing my hormones and my husband 
away yeah. so yes so I have um I should um because my graduation is the same as your retreat so I can't come so. I know yeah I, of Next all the weekends you could have chose but I know. Yeah. you know we had to be awkward we should have asked you first shouldn't we Kat <laughs> So, um, yeah, so people will come to us and they can't sleep um, they're struggling to lose weight um, they've got no energy. And I think a lot of times either people will be on HRT and it's, it's not working or they'll say it's not working, but we forgot how much food actually plays a part in health. And I know firsthand when, when my hormones tank, like I absolutely clean up my diet, like, I eat pretty well most of the time, as everybody does. You know, it's all balanced, no good or bad foods, just like how much you have at each. But I really rely on it and I know the difference of like a good good nutrition and not when I've got no hormones. So people will come and they'll be desperate to lose weight because you put on weight, not sleeping. I often see under eating, like chronically under eating. Oh. People are trying to lose weight and trying to lose weight and they're bringing their calories down and down and down. And all that's happened is like the bodies goes into like semi-starvation mode. So they start to cause a lot of the issues we see, a lot of menopause symptoms, like issues with sleep, issues with energy, all of these things, dry skin, lots of things. It's how much of that is actually menopause symptoms and how much do we just need to fuel our bodies well? So I spend a lot of time getting people back to like optimal levels of good fats in their diet, enough protein to support the training. And then suddenly actually they've got a bit more energy and then they can train a bit more and then they're sleeping a bit better. And then then the menopause symptoms, some of them aren't actually menopause symptoms or some of them are less. And we know that exercise and nutrition helps with the severity of menopause symptoms. So to to coach people through menopause and movement and resistance training like that had to be a part of it like how can I do that if I can't give them like good evidence-based nutrition knowledge so that's why finishes that circle doesn't it it gives them the whole package then but think of like how we've been brought up it's been like you know the special care diet and then cut all of this out, cut this food group out. And you'll see it on social media, it's how much do we get? This is what I eat in the day. And it's like, I don't care what you eat in the day. That's not necessarily what the next person needs to eat for their lifestyle, their movement, their hormones, their symptoms, like everything else. And and, and, and people have, have tried all, all sorts of things and everyone wants a quick fix, don't they? So if they see something on social media that's like eat cabbage all day and nothing else, then they might yeah be very windy, but they might do that for a week just yeah. to, you know, just to get it as you say we've all been brought up on absolutely rubbish advice um so I, I low fat how many people go low fat because yeah. they want some fat but we need fat for sex steroid hormones so yeah like our hormones are tanking as you go through like perimenopause and then we're not eating at all to support that mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's like oh my god I've got like I actually feel a bit better like I'm not as anxious I'm sleeping I can do these or not necessarily sleeping through but sleeping better than the worst so um is there anything else that you'd like people to know that we haven't kind of talked about um either anything to do with menopause really but it's specifically sort of implants so maybe there's somebody listening that's finding that's either in surgical or early menopause that hormone uh, replacement therapy normal the patches or the gels aren't working for um is there any advice anything you'd like to say to them I was gonna say so I think so this podcast is brilliant because it, it raises awareness doesn't it and and I didn't know about implants when I started having all of my issues either so obviously finding out about them so at least this is explaining what they are um 
but it's very much really fighting for what you need I'd say like advocating for yourself we know typically if you're younger so we're younger we have a higher typically have a higher need for estrogen yeah. so if I'd have listened to my GP which was very much you're on the highest licensed dose and that's your lot in life basically like bear your symptoms get on with it it's you know your body best you know it best of all so if it's not right and you've still got symptoms like as much as you probably haven't got the strength at that point to fight like there is like brighter days ahead and you will get there it may just be a long journey and I think we had similar waiting lists so about nine months each to take us to get from that first referral for implants to actually get them and and it's worth the travel if you do have to travel for them like because the difference it makes just to have that stability and to be able to function yeah I would agree I think um getting the referral so if you're younger particularly surgical menopause POI um you should be being referred by your GP to a menopause specialist that's that's what should be happening so if it's not happening in the first instance so that you're being looked after by somebody that's that can prescribe different forms of HRT can prescribe higher forms of HRT for you out of those usual GP that's the first sort of step to take really I think a lot of people that I see online want to jump straight from I've you know just come out of my hysterectomy um, and I want to go on the implant straight away some and some women are actually in the country are really lucky to walk out of hospital with the implant already put in at history you know at that point when the hysterectomy has happened which is fantastic um and I always give people a realistic answer to say they are generally going to want to try you on the easier to get less evasive types of HRT so you know your patches your gels etc because obviously they are easier to, to get when when they're available that's a different conversation and cheaper but, I expect as well cheaper, of course yeah. Yeah. Um, and you haven't got the travel and, and kind of needing to advocate. However, if you're going through those and that isn't happening, it's, you know, speak to the menopause specialist, bring the implant conversation in yourself, you know, and, and say, well, what about this? Can we find out about it? Is this something that will suit me? Um, and I definitely think it's worth, if you can, traveling for. And then once you're in a stable position, you know, I feel like a lot more stable I will be having those conversations with my local NHS trust, with my local MP, you know, to say, well, hang on a minute. If I if if Guildford can do it for me, why can't Chichester do it for me? What's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, why am I in? But I needed to be in a position to feel that I had that next fight first. So so you know, uh, one step at a time. You yeah, know. yeah. Because if you're at your lowest ebb, it's very difficult um, really? to fight for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Eye on impossible isn't it because your strength's all gone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and your confidence as well yeah just one step at a time so so the, I always say the first thing if you're particularly in in that age uh, a younger age bracket menopause specialist then start talking about right what are the what's the plan ahead implant you know um if needed um and then come back to if it's not in your area yeah because younger people like we've spoken before I mean, to be honest, we were older. It wasn't even on our radar, really, menopause. No. <laughs> and we were in our late 40s. So it's certainly not, for most younger people, they're not going to even know the tiniest amount of, of, of stuff about menopause, which is why it's really important. And you you both do such a great job um, on, online because, um, on social media, because uh, people need you. Yes, they do. And, do. Then, and they need your book. 
Yeah, so so where can people find you, Bev? And where can people find this um, wonderful book? Who's demonstrating up again? again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you can find uh, My Menopause, My Journal, My Rules. It's on Amazon.co.uk for anyone in the UK at the moment. Um, and it's also on gingeunhinged.com, um, which ships worldwide as well as uh, free UK postage. Um, it's on a promo for menopause awareness month as well so no promo codes needed um i wanted to really make it as accessible as i could possibly um to as many people as i could do and um yeah and it's popping up in little bookshops around the uk as well which is exciting um so and one day we may hit the big wigs but we'll see <laughs> yeah keep going and you can find um victoria on ginge unhinged on social media as well are you on Instagram, you on TikTok as well? Um, she's a TikTok, TikTok girl. A, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> started doing bits this weekend, and she's been, you, yeah. you, she's been on it. You've been liking stuff, so thank you. Don't know what I'm doing, but you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, um, either of those, and um, yeah, DMs open. Uh, you know, as much as I can, I'll, I'll try and help. And um, yeah, you, it's a, you've got. It's a great account, and we can always tell how you are because sometimes we don't see you for a while, and we just think, oh estrogen must be, must be yeah, and, then you pop, and then you, you pop up and you yeah. and those gorgeous gorgeous I've got to say those gorgeous dungarees yeah she pops up in I a leopard skin if run and fly are listening to this <laughs> they want to sponsor me because the amount of people that um on that one particular reel and, and on tiktok went like completely well my kids wouldn't say it was viral but it was like over millions of views and um everyone was like yeah, that's great. But where are the dungarees from? Yeah. Or in the America overalls, as they call them. Overalls. Yeah, aren't they? What well, are they, Madam Fly? Run, run and fly. Oh, run and fly. Oh, don't worry. I've, 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 I've written that down. I'm going to be on it in a minute. My husband hates them. He absolutely hates He's like, oh, God, you look like a minion. And I'm like, I love them. One more reason to wear them. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Kat? Where can everybody, where can people find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, at menopause underscore PT. So you'll see lots of evidence-based advice posts on all things menopause training and nutrition. Um, and catjewett.com is my website if you want to know anything about my coaching and I do corporate education as well. So that's what I'm doing at the moment with it being menopause week. So I've got some lunch and learn and managers training this week to deliver. I love all these dot coms. I know, but that's are you finding more and more people are asking you about corporate stuff? I think busy, yeah. Background. So that's what I did before I before I did this. Um, I worked in the corporate land supply chain management for forever until menopause took me out. So it's kind of like going back into what I used to do, but I just think you know that one conversation, that one lunch and learn, that couple of hours spent with managers. How many lives is it going to change? Because we yeah. know we know one in ten of the stats that women leave the workplace. It's got to be higher, though, hasn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Because how many people sure. don't report Agreed. menopause is the reason that they leave. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, that's brilliant! So lovely to speak to you both. Um, enjoy the rest of menopause month. Um, when this goes out, we will have had menopause day, won't we? We will. Um, so, um, yeah, enjoy that. And we shall catch up with you, no doubt, um, both on the socials. And yeah. uh, thank you very much. It's been enlightening. It has. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it.
Verily. Verily. Who's Verily? <laughs> I don't know who she is. Verily enjoyed I can't it. find the off button now. Oh. Hang on. That was great fun, oh. wasn't it? Oh, we might as well have been sat in a coffee shop. Oh, we might as well. With Ginger Cat. Oh, no. So thank so you. So relaxed and a great chat. Could get our words out anyway, could we? I know. Do apologise, folks. Mm. It's the moon. It's the moon. So talking of moons... We are our book collective. We will move swiftly a tie or two. Um, 12 Moons, A Year Under a Shared Sky by Caro Giles. Now we are on chapter five, Mother's Moon, which is also called Milk Moon, Bright Moon, Hair Moon, Grass Moon. Another hair moon. Another hair moon. And actually Mother's Moon is a symbol of love, maturity, growth and caregiving. Mm. It was another beautiful chapter, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I loved. She started it off um, talking about her story room and how she would take the children there yeah. after lunch. Um, in in the bed, it was it was lovely, wasn't it? She put books all in there, cushions, I mean, four, four and a children, bed, four children, and sometimes they just read or sleep. And she said they just drifted between worlds. Oh, how I lovely! Just, it just I, takes you out of. Yeah, whatever's going on. Absolutely loved it. And I think as well, it was a time when she realized that they were different to other families and her children realized they were different to other yeah. families for when they go on the beach, don't they? Um, she takes them for a little trip to, can't remember where they took them a trip to. Bambara, was it? Bambara, that's mm. right. Yeah, top of the page where I turned the page over. Dog-eared. <gasps> Dog-eared. Um, and she, she does say, she said, you, you read articles in paper, want to talk about um, endless cups of tea, but there are no chance there. Do you stop and t- think about your life and wonder what happened? Do you look in the mirror and wish someone knew your face as well as you do? Wish that someone wanted to stroke it and, even, and know every freckle. Can you see all of this when you look at me in my family car with my four daughters? It, you know, it's, it's, that really got me because actually it just shows how distant she felt and how un- unloved I think she felt that she didn't have a person in her life sharing it as well been a little bit in each chapter about yeah. and this I think this this uh, this whole book is about her learning to be on her own yeah. with she is on her own I yeah. mean she's got the four children but she's not in a relationship and she looks at other families doesn't she and other couples and and wonders what they see in her you know it's yeah it's, I mean, when, when they get to Bamram, they actually get out of the car. One of the girls says, why is everyone staring, mummy? Because it's the mother and the four daughters. And obviously... The and they're mother, the only ones going in the water as well. the only ones going in the water. <laughs> exactly. And the luckily the mermaid, you know, the mermaid's legs are getting stronger as well, yeah. that we learn that. And she's still getting so much joy. And she gets angry, doesn't she, the mermaid? Yes. With, with the frothing in the waves. and Yeah. Yeah, it's and just it's delightful. G- and she, yes, it is. And she talks um, uh, about, which is really interesting because at the moment, this story about bed bugs in France, and she also writes yes. about her OCD, Car- yeah. Caro, doesn't she? Um, which we are talking about in OCD week. Yes. So it all sort of ties in. But And also, Caro um, has written an, um, an article in the iPaper this week about her OCD and how this story of bed bugs in Paris has set it off a little bit oh, again. Oh, really? So it's fascinating. But she tells 
tells us that her battle with anxiety and OCD and how it came to a head after a woman told her off for leaving her two eldest oh, yes, children yes, in the yes. car for five minutes while she, while went, she got, went and got her car tax yeah, in the post office yeah 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 and she she talks about um shame as well doesn't she yeah. and the, the power of, of of shame and she she says um terrible the power of shame the way it seeps into your soul and claims a home and this is about ocd she's sort of you know because ocd i think people that have it do feel a lot of a lot of shame um and she knows she is lucky she says a few sessions of cbt do the trick and a relative calm is restored and i have to say i did feel quite envious because i thought I, I just thought you know after a year of dealing with severe ocd if only a few <laughs> CBT yeah. session um, I suppose that, would help by back then to she's normality. got her coping mechanisms in place by exactly. then exactly exactly it's like any mental illness you it comes and goes and yeah. you have different you the know, and the flowing yeah it's all individual isn't it and she's getting a lot of visitors she's getting more visitors into the house as well isn't she as well but she's yeah. you know she's not she's she's finding really difficult and um and obviously she goes to see the solicitor about the house and the children so all, all of a sudden her, her world is really changing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And she wonders, doesn't she, why she didn't look up before she comes back. She hasn't seen the moon all because mm. it's, it's been covered. And she wonders why it took her so long to look up to the sky. And, and now the view from her, how the view from her window can take her out of her head as much as the stories that she reads to the children. And do you know what, Lou, I've met since our chat with Jenny yeah. and the lovely um, Armageddon, I was going to say, you got me, the anthropology no, no. begins with an a um, almanac almanac third time lucky the almanac you bought me i've been saying hello to jupiter and venus every morning because they come up venus is there if you ever want to look at venus she's up she's a morning star at the she's moment, the morning and jupiter's and she's the, 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 so bright the evening. yeah and you can actually see her when it's even you if you're up and it's light you can see her but jupiter is really bright at the moment so i've been saying morning to them every morning when i get up early and it really venus is, is important to us as taurians as well isn't she yes she, she really is Lou and it's just I agree with her it does take you out of yourself and realize I don't know there are bigger things there are bigger yeah. things to look at um you were talking about the mermaid earlier Lou and I, I just loved this this bit she's she's sort of talking about the the mermaid was crying in the car wasn't she yes. uh, toward the end of the chapter um telling her mum how she always feels different um and carol as caro waits for the words to come um she writes um and as i waited i wondered whether any of us feel that we fit in or if everyone feels a bit other and then I turned to look at her perfect face as she attempted to arrange her words inside her mouth. And I realized that some of us feel more other than others. And it wants, it made me want to try harder to understand her. So this comes back to the bit of almost like selective mutism. And yeah. she wants, she's got things to say, but it's expressing them it's, as it's, it's how getting she expresses them, out. them yeah i mean just another beautiful chapter and then next week we're going to be moving on to chapter six the flower moon yes i'm excited about that the flower moon what time of year would that be lou uh, june i would say because yeah it's may is the mead moon. moon does that mean we can drink some mead yeah i don't think you'd like me i don't like mead anyway no i like the idea of mead but i've never had mead yeah no they've got it in um harry potter world actually but it's not mead oh it's not is it what's no. it called it's um 
Steve had some when it's we went to sweet. Harry Potter World. Um, I can't remember what it was. I don't know. It's not grog. <laughs> We're back to grog, grog. again. <laughs> Foodie Collective, Lou. And don't pass out. I hope you're sitting down. Lou has made us the most beautiful soup, haven't you, Lou? I did. And it's my favourite soup. It's a spinach, sweet potato and lentil dal. And it's from the BBC Good Food online recipe, which is my go-to for it. It's very simple. It's an onion, garlic, some ginger, a chilli, a bit of turmeric, a bit of cumin, a couple of sweet potatoes, some um, red lentils, bag of spinach. Although I did put extra spinach in because it you disappears, can never it? have enough spinach yeah. for the iron. Um, some vegetable stock and some spring onions to decorate. I did not do the Thai basil because I don't know where I get Thai basil from in, in you know, Exmouth in Devon. No. Um, super easy to do. 10 minute prep time, about 30 to 35 minutes cook time. Easy peasy lemon, lemon squeezy. squeezy. It was delicious. And, and I bought so... some crunchy bread for oh, you to have with it. Oh, well, you see, when did. I cook, I did. I went over the top. Oh, she it did off. it properly. And I was freezing, I have to say. I, it's got suddenly the temperatures dropped and I was so 10 cold. 10 degrees overnight. I was, yes, I was shivering, Lou, wasn't I? She was a shiver, all of a shiver. Oh, and the soup is not only hot as in it feels hot temperature-wise, it's real warming with that yeah. ginger and but that it's in not it. spicy, is no. it? Even though you've got those spices in it. No. I mean, it is comfort. Uh, dal is definitely my comfort food yeah. Yeah. as well but it is absolutely delicious lots of goodness in there for you um, yeah so I'll put the uh, recipe on the podcast show notes yeah let us know if you try that WI Lou I asked you to and everybody else to have a look at the OCD UK um, website. Did you manage to have a little look? I did. I did. I spent a lot of yesterday afternoon looking through it oh. and some really interesting things on there as well. Um, so the, the World Health Organization, I learned as well, in 1990, ranked OCD in the top 10 of the most disabling, disabling illnesses of any mm. kind in terms of loss of earnings and d- diminished quality of life. And and the same report also suggested that OCD was the fifth leading cause of disease burden for women aged 15 to 44 in the developed world. I mean, it was absolutely things you don't realize. So it was so good to go and have a look, have a read. So many fantastic articles on there. Um, And and I really did learn a lot. Oh, thanks, Lou. Well done. It's a good, really good website. There's Mm. loads on there. And it's a young person's illness generally older people like Karen that do have it but it tends to develop younger very much in sort of teenage so if you've got teenagers either grandchildren or children just something to look out for just be aware of the signs because it the earlier like anything the earlier you kind of get these things and implement some sort of support and help um yeah the better we haven't got a new one because we've got a lot on at the moment we don't need anything else to do us is gonna do that aren't we yeah we're gonna do that so you know there's that's that's enough for now we'll be back next week probably with it with another one um have you got a quote for us? I Lou? certainly do. Come on, give it so to I, us. So I, I mean, we love Donna Ashworth, don't we? Oh, we do. We Wild do. Hope. Oh, I know. I need the book. The new book. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I wanted to do a quote from her. I've been wanting to do it for ages, but because she does some longer pieces, it's hard, it's hard to pick out. 
but I found a nugget on her Instagram. <gasps> Good. A few lines. Yeah, give me that nugget. When I tell you, you look beautiful, it's not because your skin is clear today or your hair is perfect. It's because when you walk into the room, the air around you fills with a special kind of something that only you can bring. Isn't that lovely? That is beautiful. I'll be bringing something special in after that dull suit. <laughs> I think she probably... Wafting behind geez, me. Jeez, McCree's. Oh, my giddy aunt. That is beautiful. She's a clever, clever she lady, is isn't clever she? a clever lady. And I tell you what I didn't realise about her till quite recently. She didn't start writing those books till she was in her 50s. I know. And what an inspiration for all and, of us. And she just hits the nail on the head with emotion, doesn't she? She does. And what a lovely speaking voice. Oh, my goodness. I could listen to her for days. I know. Yeah. Days of Donna Ashworth. That's what I need. Yes. So go and get the book. Wild Hope it's called, isn't it? Brand new, brand new out. We, we've got it on our Christmas list, haven't yes. we? Yes. Oh, what a lovely week. Oh, fantastic. Thank moon, God for the new moon on Monday. Yeah. Saturday. Duran <laughs> Duran said. <laughs> so we hope your tea's not gone cold and that you'll join us next Sunday for The Collective. If you've enjoyed our podcast, you may like to consider buying us a coffee at Kofi dot com forward slash womankind collective that's k-o a hyphen f-i here you can find updates photos and some inclusive content we won't post anywhere else we need to work on that a bit more and your donation will help us ensure that we continue to bring you great quality of content and sound forever and ever we would love you to subscribe favor and review our podcast because it really helps us spread the word please head over to our instagram page womankind collective to leave comments or dm us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our womankind collective youtube channel and lastly you'll find all the links the recipe guest details and the hashtag where's my clinic campaign um the petition on our podcast show notes fantastic um are you still in the cleaning mode Lou? fancy cleaning me downstairs lou oh i'm gonna go home now oh, oh. we've had one of nikki's lovely Am- Am- amar candles down there it's not delicious when i went in exactly just needs a bit of a clean now (laughs) anyway i'm off for a cup of tea 